is a specialist in failure. Uh, I'm not. Hello everyone, welcome to Specialists in Failure podcast. This is the After Hours News Show. My name is Mr. Reese. Donnelly, I don't know I'm particularly a mister there, but there we are. In the week where Jose's dark clouds descended once again, we are here to help you through this mad footballing world. As ever, I'm joined by my lovely two co-hosts, as I've felt I'd better pay them a compliment for once. I'll introduce the one I called a lonely man first this time. Um, please welcome back to the podcast, Dan Keen. Hello. Yeah, I, I do appreciate the compliment. And after last week, I, I was, um, although I'm not expecting the compliments to be a um, to be a common theme, but I'll take them where I can. And yeah, happy to be back. Depends on your opinions. If I call you lonely or lovely, I'll have like a board like Santa's nice and naughty list. It's uh, a bit weird. Yeah, it made me sound about eleven there. Oh well, right. Let's move on. People may like 11-year-olds. <laughs> um, um, uh, <laughs> um, and on that note, please welcome my next co-host. <laughs> um, no, I'm leaving now. I'm leaving now. <laughs> welcome back to the podcast, Callum Emerson. Callum, hello. Hello there. That didn't help is, is that image. Um, is, is, that, is that it? Is, just Hello. It's a pleasure to be here. Good evening, gentlemen. You can tell you can tell how excited he is for to do this podcast. It's, well, it's been it's been in the running for. All right, go on then. Go on then. Finish off. Hello. It's really nice to be back. You know. Hope you enjoy this second wonderful episode of Specialists in Failure. Yeah, yeah. the sarcasm isn't appreciated. Kevin. Yeah, I, I have a feeling there's a little bit of sarcasm in there. I'm, I'm not sure how I'm picking this up, but I think there might be. As host, I do the sarcasm, you smile, and throw in the occasional fake laugh in there. Oh, like uh, you, you start to do that, anyway. Fake laugh, I do that on the regular with you and your tweet, so it's good. I'm used to it. On to football now. <laughs> right, let's jump straight in, as we always do, with our hot takes. This week we're just going to go with one hot take and debate it, and this week it is mine. Um, my opinion is that Raheem Sterling will be England's most important player for the Euros. Now, everyone is going to tell me Harry Kane, but I think Harry Kane can perform whether we get to the group stages or whether we win the whole thing um harry kane is harry kane whereas sterling we haven't seen that consistency in terms of goals and assists but we do see consistency in terms of his turn of pace in terms of his runs in behind in terms of his danger there is quite a unique footballer and i feel if england are going to be on top form and tick um Sterling needs to needs to take. For me, Sterling A has to play. That can't be in a doubt for me. And B, if he does play well, I think England will play. Yeah, I know it feels it, but England will be a better team and a more certainly more dangerous team. Um, whereas I think Harry Kane can play well, and England can't, for example. Um, 
Dan, I'll jump to you on this. Raheem Sterling is a footballer that causes a lot of debate. Where do you fall? Well, personally, I've never seen him like uh, not not set the world alight because obviously I've seen him like obviously some of his numbers uh, in some seasons or just uh, say half a season or whatever have been insane. But he doesn't strike me as a player that's ever um, he won't he won't do loads of world class things. I've never this, this may be a hot take in itself that I've never been entirely sold on him. Like regardless of what numbers he's uh, what numbers he's been putting out. Obviously, I can't deny his ability, but um, I think I've, he's a very. I've, pers- I've personally, I've personally never seen it. He seems like a quite a one-dimensional footballer, if that makes sense. I think he's a very different footballer than when Liverpool had him. Definitely, um, I think he's become a bit of a robot, which is what Pep's teams do. That's what they are, but he's still very, very dangerous. Now, England have a lot of players on the wing this year. Grealish has played on the wing. Foden's played on the wing, Saka can play on the wing, and obviously you have Sancho, you have Rashford, who just got an assist, um, a crucial assist for them. Um, and then you have Sterling, and then you have all these different options. I assume we're going to play a 4 3 3 this year. Um, for me, Sterling has to be in there, and I'll probably go with Grealish due to the. While Sterling's a more direct footballer now in terms of his runs and space, Grealish is your flair. So, Dan, not so much an evaluation of the options because we'll get into England a bit more later, but for you, does Sterling get into that front three? I'd say yes, he does purely for the output that uh, he's part of, that he's capable of. Um, so, you, yeah, you that's about agree it. Cause it, cause it, that he's he's kind of crucial to England's chances of proceeding. I, I don't I don't agree with you saying that he's saying he's for he's like well he's crucial just for England performing themselves. But he will if he performs well then that could be the difference. So I'll 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 say that. But I don't I wouldn't say it would be a massive it would be a massive loss without him, but if he's on form then he's just he's just something else. Yeah, he's he's very very different to to other options. He's not particularly. I hate the term pace and power based, but he's not exactly skillful based like Myers. I think he's quite a nice middle ground in there. Um, Callum, thoughts on Sterling? Thoughts on his importance to England? Um. So what what I'd say is. Um, so with with Sterling, you know, the past you know few years, I'd say he's always been one of the first names in the team sheet, um, and I think that's probably just because the past few years we've sort of been we've been lacking any real quality except for Sterling. Maybe maybe I'd say you'd probably argue a case for Rashford, but I think back a few years, I think you'd look at Rashford as more as a striker or it would yeah, replace him. Rashford's the one that still needs developing the most. Yeah. But I think this Euros I think that Southgate I think that Southgate can afford to, you know, rotate different players and sometimes leave Sterling out. Because, you know, looking at the Premier League, you know, with Grealish, he's he's up to his quality. Um Rashford as well. Rashford's up to his quality, and just say Jaden Sancho as well. I think I don't I don't see 
Jaden Sancho can take over Sterling, but I think. Well, let me try and think of my point here. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you, basically, you just you want, make a good just, point. Just do yeah. Just what I'm trying to say is like, if you ask this question, like, let's say around the 2018 World Cup, I'd say Sterling starts, Sterling stays, end of. I'm not saying Sterling doesn't have quality anymore because he does. He is still a very, very good footballer. But I think now with the quality that's also coming up with him, I think that, you know, if he rested Sterling for a game, I don't think it would have any major effect. I, I, I don't doubt we, we've got the options to rotate. My my general point is more of, as we said, we both admit, we all admit he's got quality. I think my general point was in terms of if he shows that quality, that is a defining factor. Because if I told you to name England's best players in terms of talent, I find it hard to believe Sterling's not in your top five. Yeah, but if you're saying if you're saying that, and any player could any any other player could make that top three or top five. Depending on how on form they are, and, like, you can't, you can't, you can't say like solidly. I suppose maybe, maybe if you know they've they're constantly doing it and doing it again. But like, so as I was saying, like you know, a couple of years ago, definitely. But this year, because quality that's coming up, and because I think that we can probably not place or start starting anyway every game. I don't think. I don't see him as the most important to the team. If, if you if you get what I mean, yeah, I fully get what you mean. I don't think he's most important because that one obviously does go to the likes of Hurricane and probably whoever starts centre back. Dear God, please not Joe Gomez. Um, but I mean, in terms of his, how do, how do I put this? If he's on form. I I feel personally that changes everything. Whereas I think Kane. Yeah, but you, you you can make you can make the same argument for Grealish, and you can make the same argument for Rashford. So <laughs> if you, I think Grealish can play. What I think he's proven with Villa, though he can he can be world class in in a struggling team. Whereas I think Sterling is crucial in terms of. But even we saw it in the World Cup, and um, someone feel free to jump yeah, in yeah. here because it brought a lot of debate. Obviously, Sterling didn't actually get a goal or an assist, but everyone saw how crucial he was. I'm not sure if he's going to be afforded the same this year. Obviously, his his goals and assist numbers aren't like ridiculous this season compared to his other players, but yeah. But uh, for me, in terms of his unpredictability, in terms of his pace, I think he brings different things to the game. So I feel. But but the the, the thing and, is, the, yeah. that 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 unpredictability is that something that you can afford at the Euros or at any national tournament. It may be if you you know you're in the qualifiers or if you're in the friendlies. But if I if I was an international manager and I was looking at player who was performing week in week out but he's only been doing it for one season or if I'm looking at a player who's in previous seasons performed week in week out but in the, the in the 
recent run of games before your team selection, you know, he's been a bit unpredictable. One game he could be good, one game he could be bad. You know, who 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 would you go for? I know who I'd go for. I'd go for the player that's been in form in that moment. And I don't think that's Sterling. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I, I, I do get your point. Um, yeah, your, your point's definitely a valid one. I think it's difficult with international football and... I know we're going to talk about it later with Jordan Jordan Pickford, for example. Not had the best of times with Everton, but goes to England and he's a completely different player. So it's it's very difficult. I get that. That can be a factor, yeah. I'd also look at the relationship with Harry Kane. I think those Mm. two have a better understanding. And (laughs) I I don't know what it is. I'm I'm a big admirer of Marcus Rashford, but... (laughs) If if I wanted to win a game of football, I'm playing Sterling, and and that's I don't know what it is that drugs me to that. Maybe it's it's his output in general. Maybe it's me falling into the kind of trap about hype. But for, for me, right now Sterling walks into my England side. Um, so yeah, controversial I know because I'm pretty sure. You could ask a hundred men on the street who England's kind of most important player will be um, for the Euros, and I doubt Raheem Sterling's name will be top of that list. Um, apart from Harry Kane, who do you two feel are crucial to England's chances? Um, I'm I'm not too sure, really. I think it's got to be more of a this is going to sound really like cringy or whatever, but I'd say it's more of a team effort because we can't just be focusing on specific players player themselves. On what? You're not doing a player interview. It was a team effort. <laughs> Boys worked really hard. Reese was so funny. I know. Anyway, carry on, Dan. Boys worked. Really I don't hard. know. What, I, don't, I don't know what I was saying. <laughs> it's got to be more of a team effort. Um, and you don't know. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, we can't. We can't just be relying on um, the say the just mm. just the, the simple players as being crucial to the team. No, but what for, we need, for, what for, we for need for is sake, for, for argument's sake, who would you say is the most crucial player? Bar just, just, just Bar Harry Kane. I can't. I can't think of a player specifically. But if I was to name a position, I I, I, I can't think of a name specifically. But if I was to name a position, I'd probably say our centre backs are. More important, so whoever mm. whoever's in there. So say if Maguire plays there, um, then if Maguire, if Maguire, if Maguire, or yeah, even John Stones, one of the two, if or even both, um, I feel like they'll be more important than our attacking players because uh, I think um, obviously John Stones has had a bit of a um, on and off. Um, not just international, just career in general. He's had a bit of on and off. Yeah, he's on a good run at the moment. We can only hope that keeps up just because he's had a bit of an uh, on and off uh, career on the the international stage. (laughs) Uh, And and the same with Maguire. Like, he could, he is, he's clearly, he's clearly better than more people than people think he's not just he's been if he, did, if he didn't have it if he didn't have a square head he wouldn't be memed as much but that's literally it he is he is <laughs> he is a good center back he can be clumsy at times but what center back can't if anything a square head helps the center back so i don't know why people mock it mm. but yeah since that spurs game maguire has been really impressive and i agree with you the center back pairing will be interesting but for me 
I do agree, it'll be Stones and Maguire. Cal, who's most important for you? Um, so I, I, I am sort of, you know, side, siding with Dan here because I think, you know, you two are gen- bullying me. <laughs> didn't ask. There's two uh, weeks in a row we disagree with you. What does that tell you? Mm-hmm. That I need new co-host. <laughs> but, um, no, but no, like, so with the attack of England, I mean, it used to be the other way around, like, you know, the, the 2010s, coming with like Rhea Ferdinand, John Terry, Ashley Cole, uh, the, the likes. And who do we have up top? You know, Rooney, of course, but Emil Heskey. Obviously, he's not like awful, awful. Although, but, if like, you if you ask Rooney who his best strike partner was, he loved Heskey because he did all the ugly work. But mm. I get I get your point. But then, but now, but recently, it's been more of a, you know, the the defense has been sort of more of the worry, and it's come. You know, we've been the the sides. The England team has been able to score goals. But I think it's become sort of like, you know, we're sort of concede, we're still conceding them as well. Yeah, we're conceding. Uh, it seems to be we're conceding a few, like, just stupid I goals, think, if that makes sense. It's just, it's goals with yeah. the preventable. So I and think, I feel I like think, if we have uh, a solid centre-back partnership, then that could just do wonders. Let's not so put Carl Walker at centre-back. No. But so, but so, with, so for Southgate, what, what he has to do is he has to look, you know, at, at that, the defense. You know, I think that. Sorry, one second. Let me restart that a little bit. Um, I think that's where his main focuses should be. So um, yeah, yeah, with a with a four three three, the defense is yeah. somewhat exposed. You obviously have yeah. the fullbacks type of fullbacks we got. Trent will probably start. I disagree with that personally, but there we are. Um, yeah. We've got very high wing backs. The wing backs, the full backs will be very high, so the centre backs will be isolated at times. So I'll be interested to see who plays there. Generally, it's got to be one head it, kick it sort of centre back and one kind of mobile one. So for me, that would be McGrath Stones. But I get other arguments. I mean, for me, I'd like to see a three at the back, but I can't see that happening so close to the Euros. Um. But yeah, the centre-backs are going to be crucial. Um, Dan, I know you mentioned Stones and Maguire, and I know I said I'd choose Stones and Maguire just quickly, and then I'll ask Cal as well. Who's the centre-back, Dylan? Yeah, but as you said, yeah, I know it sounds a bit boring, but I'd go with that. Um, I don't see... Uh, well, I know Mings will probably be rotating and out for maybe... Le- um, Say if it's group one or or, or a third place one even or if we even if we play three at the back, uh, five or three to fight. If we go have three at the back, yeah, that I forgot about him. It's this love affair with Tyrone Mings has to stop. He's not even in Aston Villa's best English centre back. It's ridiculous. Um, although he did put in a very good performance today, um, but he does fit that head kick it kind of. Model, I, I suppose. Um, Cal, same question. I have a feeling it might be the same result. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's your lucky day. We finally agree with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So I'm going to make sure I disagree with you on every point now. Um, <laughs> and on that note, it's time to um, start to go to the news round. Um, it was Chelsea Spurs on Thursday. Um, it was hyped up as a big match for both sides. was expecting a quality football match for both sides. And the quality... Well, yeah. It's fair, well, to yeah. Say, it's fair to say was a bit one. Who told you that? Yeah, that's. I really, point. yeah, I personally, we'll I, I was be, not was, expecting I think, I think a high quality affair. Game, I think that with with the with the game, I could see you know the first half and the second half were two very very different stories. I think with the first half, I think Mourinho, Mourinho definitely got it wrong. Whether, whether, no doubt. You know, obviously, I'm not. I'm also. I'll get that in, into that a little, you know, in a bit. But I think that first half, I think Mourinho just wanted to see, you know, what what what's Tuchel's plan. You know, you know. I think he was he was trying to, you know. I think I feel like he was probably trying to lure the Chelsea players into you know a false sense of security, and then in the second half, probably you know launch it forward a bit more, apply pressure, just as the Chelsea players are getting comfortable being in the attacking third. And you could definitely see that in the second half because, you know, that's when Spurs started to get forward a bit more, started creating a few more chances. But I also think that, you know, Chelsea did well to, you know, hold on to the one, that, hold on to the uh, goal, you know, even though it was a penalty. But I think, the, the, I think Chelsea, Chelsea could have been more clinical as well. Um, even though I will, I will, I will give hats off Eric Dyer, except for the the penalty given away, he uh, he he played very well. Um, he definitely, he definitely, him and Aurier, they kept Spurs in the game. I I don't know about Dan, but I I disagree with Dyer. I I I disagree with Dyer. He was after I the goal. Was... He he did make a few goals. I would say goal saving, but he did make a few decent challenges. But it's ones you'd expect. He didn't strike me yeah, as so, like he's not. It's not like he's recovered. He didn't really recover from it because his head was still clearly gone from the pass back to Larice, where he's nearly lobbed his own goalkeeper. From he's that's only a basic pass. He's only twelve yards in front of him. I mm. I still think his head was in the mindset of I have to correct this. So that's why he's trying Which the audacious back pass. I I guess yeah, it can be. Mm. But with a player yeah. like him, it seems like he has to play. I, I saw, I saw on Twitter actually. It's like he has to play like he's fired up all the time, which can lead to those sort of mistakes. As in, yeah, oh, he's, he's he's let Werner get in front of him, so he has to. Oh, he has to clear the ball straight away. And no, he doesn't have to. Maybe yeah. he has to he, maybe get back up or just try and usher him inside into uh, force him into an old guy who can. Personally, he, um, I think Dyer could have just left it because. I don't think I don't think in that if, if Werner had got the ball that second, I, he wasn't in it. He wasn't in a position to score because there was, two, there was two. There was there was at least two, like one or two players in front of Lloris anyway. Yeah, it wasn't the easiest um, chance. In it the was. World. It, that, I think it was. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that Dyer had an amazing game. Well, obviously, you know, there was some moments. You know, the you know some moment, poor moments, which you, which you know has been worryingly common with Dyer. But I'm not. But he wasn't. He wasn't the worst player on the field. I th- I think... And he definitely. He definitely. Def- I definitely. You know, when I was watching it, I definitely noticed that he had some sort of effect. You know. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not no, denying I know, that. I know, but... I know you're saying. I know you're saying that there was. That, you know, 
oh, it's all simple. It's all simple blocks. You should be expected no, to no, do that. No, no, that's not what's. You know, he's but he's 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 he, as long as he's doing what he's required to do. You know, surely that's that's enough. Oh yeah, I, I didn't I didn't mean I didn't mean just he was doing just all the simple stuff. He was doing what you'd expect. And I said he did make a few crucial blocks. Um, but it was. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's a bad thing because he's done what he's, he's asked to do. I'm not saying it's yeah. a bad thing that he's done the simple stuff, right? Because sometimes that's the most difficult thing to do. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. you get more time to think, as, as I said, proven by the back pass, that's one of the easiest things to do. And you see how often players get a bit more time and they think and they do something stupid. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah, he did. I, he had, if it wasn't for that, I'd say he'd been a little clumsy during the game, but I wouldn't have said it's particularly bad performance. I'd say it's just a standard performance if he hadn't made that mistake. But you could tell that that was in his head from from the, from the second yeah. it happened. Yeah. I think, but can I, can I also... Sorry, sorry Reece, you go. Um, I think the main thing was at the, how deep Werner dropped at times, and I don't think Spurs yeah, were yeah. expecting it. And then they have the wing-backs pretty much playing as high as they possibly can, pushing the full-backs. And then yeah. you have the centre-backs isolated. Now, if I'm a striker, um, and you ask me to isolate, like, run at one centre-back in, in the top six, Eric Dyer, due to his rashness, in terms of his... <laughs> how do I put this? Strength, in terms of his... Uh, in terms of his... Um, general play I would be quite high up my list um, and yeah. I just don't think he, he could handle handle it because uh, Alonso and... that's, that's, that's why I said that about um, Aurier as well because I did notice because you know there was that moment I think Werner was just nearly just about through like right in front of Lloris and then at the last second Aurier puts in a last ditch tackle and then you know Manages to just get the manages to get the ball over the bar. Let's be frank. Chelsea dictated a minute from oh. the first, from the get go. Mm. It's not. I wouldn't the whole. I wouldn't say the whole game. I'd say the later we got on. I think that's when Spurs started to sort of come into it a little bit more. But obviously, it wasn't enough. There's, there's going but to happen when you're one one nil up. I think. Yeah, yeah. If you were watching that match, you'd say Chelsea dominated, wouldn't you? I mean, Spurs had. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Spurs made one pass into the box in the first forty-five minutes at home. Like that is as Graham Wesley standard stuff. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Chelsea for a minute, because obviously, last time we spoke, Lampard yeah. was on the brink. He's since been yeah. sacked. Um, can I? Can I? Can I just? Can I? Like, yeah. So. Yeah, on, on to Chelsea, and I'll prefer, prefer talking about Chelsea than Spurs. You know. <laughs> That's a surprise. <laughs> I am shocked. But no, honestly, 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 I think I think that's the first time in a while I've sat down and I've actually in, you know enjoyed watching Chelsea in a, in a while. Seconded. Because yeah, it just it just because I mean with 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 Lampard, you know that the with the season that's been. I've always felt, you know, he's still quite uncertain, and especially during his like, you know, the last run of games, even against Luton, even against Luton, I was, I was just like, uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen here. Then, but I think 
the the play the players look more confident. They they have the the first half there was um I felt there was a lot more um, swagger about them. Uh, there's for example like with uh, Reese James, and I was look every time I saw you know Reese James had the ball, he was pretty much he was do, he was doing something. He was he looked confident on it, and he was always putting the ball into you know good areas. He was always making the pass, and um, yeah. And also with I think Jorginho and Alonso as well, they look revitalised under um, Tuchel. Tuchel, and they're both they're... Tuchel. I like that Tuchel. Tuchel. Oh, his name's Tuckle. Thomas Tuckle. Haha, <laughs> good one. Well, how do you how do you actually pronounce it? Tuchel. 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 Yeah. Tuchel. That makes him sound French, doesn't it? Tuchel. Yeah. Tuchel. Comedy genius. Was it? What is it? Sorry, Tuchel. Tuchel. Yeah, Tuchel. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna call him the Tuch. The Tuch Meister General. Right. So we. So we start. Right. So we stop. Get, so we. So we get off this. Tan, so we get we, off this tangent. We debate so we get off this the big, tangent. Back to back to the football. So we, we debate the big get things, going yeah. off this yeah, tangent. But anyway, back back to my point. Anyway, but yeah. So it's like with Alonso and Jorginho, they're definitely players, you know, under the right management. They can thrive. So, like with Alonso, the past couple of games, you know, I haven't seen Alonso like that since the uh, the title winning season under Conte. Yeah, Jorginho as well. I think he, when Sari was at the club, he was probably one one of the best players at the time. Um, I think, I think the main difference for me is they there was a clicking thing and I, I think that's the first time I've looked at Chelsea since Contangong. That's that's championship winning football, that's title winning football. They look like they've played together. There was partnerships forming. I thought the Jorginho Kovacic pivot was, was very handy. Um, Mason Mount was absolutely sensational. Rhys James and Alonso were confident enough to be that high up the pitch. I'd shout out to Timo Werner, who who we discussed yeah. last podcast, but dropped very deep in the underlines, and it just looked everything. Yeah, but not comfortable. Was there was a certain intensity to them, and hmm. as, yeah, as no, you I said, think... the swagger. Um, yeah. on... I think Werner definitely looks more com- looks more comfortable. I think. It's hard to say so soon, isn't it? But, it, but I, I think, it's, I think um, from, from where from where he was, you know. He, He's in a I role mean, that he, he, he wasn't exactly pulling off shots left, right, and centre. But you know, he was a. He, he wasn't. He wasn't he, snatching. He doesn't seem to be snatching at things. He wasn't. Yeah. It, but, he seemed. He, he just seemed more. He seemed more assured in what he was doing, and I guess yeah. that seemed that was throughout the team. And I think that's. I think honestly, I think that's credit to Tuchel, if anything, um, or however you say it. Uh, I think. I yeah. I'm not Thomas, saying. Let's that, go ever. with Thomas. No. Um, Tom's right. right. <laughs> right. <sighs> right. I think. I think. I think you this could probably. I, I think. I think you could probably listen my, my, to my uh, to my eyebrows rolling there. Eyebrows rolling to my eyes yeah. rolling. <laughs> but um, <laughs> back to the eyebrows rolling. But yeah, I'd say it's credit to um, a, a Tom Thomas um, Thomas the Tootle Engine. I don't know. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh, off. Um. That it's, it's a massive credit to him that he managed to install a, a sense of identity when he's been in charge. What a week and a half? I think less big, than a week. 
the big two stamp, weeks. I'm not sure. The big stamp <laughs> f- for me is when. Obviously, his Dortmund time was very exciting, and he had a player who he absolutely adored called Julian Weigel. Um He is the remake of Jorginho, and you just felt Jorginho would kind of thrive under him, and Jorginho already looks... not I don't even want to say it, but even better than he did under Sarri at Chelsea. Um, mm, he, does yeah. look, he does look a better player. And as we've said here... Um, to two weeks back about Chelsea. Chelsea need that sort of player, and it just clicked. He's Tuchel, the yeah Tuchmeister. Um, <laughs> he generally hasn't played that dropping forward because he's had so many different forwards. I think he had one in Paco or Salsa, but in terms of he's had a Cardi and people like that, and these aren't ordinarily strikers that drop in. But he's adapted. And he's made Werner suit that role, and Werner looks a better player. He hasn't really chosen attacking fullbacks throughout his career, but he's dealt with it very well. He's not only imprinted an identity in two weeks, but he's he's almost adapted to the Chelsea job already, and he's already kind of right. I'm the Chelsea manager now, whereas with Lampard, it was always. It always felt a little bit like it was on work experience. (laughs) There's just... Yeah, I do get your point. There's a presence. There's a presence. Yeah. And I think, you know, to to show, you know, the experience he's had with clubs like, you know, Dortmund and also PSG, I think that's, that's where, you know, that's where the... Hold on, let me think. I think that that's why there's been improvement because of the the career Tuchel Tuchel's had. There's respect you know, compared compared to yeah in, in comparison to Lampard because Lampard I know people say oh he's only at Derby but you know he's been you what management three or four seasons now. I think uh, I three. Think, I think it was. I think it's. His, I think he had Derby and then Chelsea. So this would only be his yeah. third season. Yeah. yeah third and then, season. Um, compared to um, Tuchel, you know, and also the, the 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 magnitude of the clubs that Thomas has been at compared to Lampard, I think, and the personalities as well. Like, yeah, Tuchel is the only player to only manager rather to get the best out of Neymar and Mbappe as a duo. Um, yeah. and that's don't get me wrong that's a very hard task um, and and he's managed all these different sorts of players at Dortmund and I think he's lost one home game in his whole career it's just kind of a, a, a presence it brings players confidence and swagger and almost because he's known as as quite a heavy tactician any compliment will mean that much more and they might work harder for him. I imagine there's a lot more tactical instruction. It certainly looks that way from what we've seen and it's just a, a game plan with Chelsea at the minute and each player knows their role and that's a seriously impressive job to do in, 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 in two weeks. On to the other side in, in that game that didn't have such a good game plan. Um, there was an article in the week by Miguel Delaney 
um, who said there are concerns around Tottenham's camp that Jose's attacking instruction is basically give it to Kane and Son. Um, it's very simple. Well, I think that's wrong for one major reason. Spurs don't attack. Um, yeah. <laughs> just a couple of words on, on, on Spurs, Dan. Um, they're they're, they're <sighs> horrible to watch, basically, right yeah, now. Yeah, they are. And um, I don't know what to say, really, because I know... I know um, uh, like, but you, you, Jose team has never been properly like famed for having, uh, for playing incredible ticky tackle football. It's always known for obviously, um, sit back, uh, and like counter. No, I wouldn't obviously. say, I wouldn't have, say just have... sit back. I think it was more, you know, Jose is generally you know, grind out the games. But I think yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But try and score a goal, then park the bus in Shalala. But you can't always do that, and you see, and no. and in a way, like football's passed him by a little bit, if that makes any sense, because um, it is quite simple what he does, and because you can just tell from the amount that Son and Kane linked up, they've gone kick it to each other, he'll be able to finish it, or kick it to him, or just make sure you get it in that area, he'll finish it. Which was and... my point about Son last week. Son is kind of made for Jose Mourinho. And Kane Kane suits that, obviously, because Harry Kane is, you know... He can make things out of nowhere. But I think yeah. both players can make things out of nowhere. So it's it's, it's ideal for a Jose but team. These, these they, them two have made him look, have made him look like a better manager. Um, but I think you only need to look at earlier in the season better this idea that Spurs have been defensively good this season before now is just is, is just a myth and they looked weak they didn't exactly look defensively strong on Thursday as I, as I said before with Spurs Spurs don't have the players to play this defensive football so what like we've seen it with Tuchel he's not used to um Usually having a deep line forwards and having as attacking fullbacks as he does, but he's adapted to the situation. Whereas Jose Mourinho has an elite ball winner in Hoiberg, has an elite ball carrier in Dembele, has a decent enough defence to to yeah, it's, warrant, it's not it's not a terrible defence balanced football, but. The, these people are going, well, this side isn't good enough to play attacking football. Well, defensive football is harder to master, um, and you adapt to what you've got. I t- because if you make a, so if you make a mistake in the attacking half, um, then you, you can make up for it. But if you, uh, you can make up for it because you're more than likely get more chances if you're playing attacking football. Um, if you're playing defensive, you'll be sitting back more. And if you if a defender makes a like an error, like a Dyer did, granted he did do uh, okay to um, uh, recover from it. Um, that's all where that will always be in their head. It will constantly be in their head, and it will be in the head of the keeper. Uh, be a little less trust. Speaking personally, from uh, playing uh, from, from obviously being a goalkeeper for uh, quite a few years, it's. 
you do lose a bit. I've dropped my phone. Uh, you do lose a bit of trust um, in the defence, which, if anything, I guess it can make it can make the people like switch off a little bit. Uh, well, actually, not even that. I'd say maybe uh, they have them more alert and maybe more 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 likely to come flying out for balls they probably shouldn't do. Um, and it's harder to master defensive football than attacking football. Yeah, that, that that's the that's yeah, pretty much summed it up. Yes, it's just it's, just, it's much more difficult because it's yeah. I can't sum up very quickly, but you get the idea. It's just I I, I get your point. Yeah, I think... from my experience um, playing defensive football, it's you have to have such a str- much stronger mindset, and you can't have players that are um, well susceptible to making stupid decisions or being rash. Like um, I, I would say, usually Aurier, but he's been quite uh, good this season. I'd say, or just even Dyer, you can't really afford to play that sort of football when you've got a centre back like Eric Dyer at the back. Not saying he wasn't uh, good at the beginning of the season, but it's just. It's not one you can rely on. It's not only say he's someone you can rely on constantly to play a certain way of football. Obviously, with Chelsea's full-backs, wing-backs, so high during the game, there was a lot of spaces in those pockets between the centre-backs and out wide. And those are the spaces Son should be attacking, but he's not doing that because he's covering Spurs' left-back. It just, it just seems... It, it doesn't particularly make sense to me. And when you have such a simple game plan... Um, you see it with a lot of young managers, um, even older managers now, such as Mark Hughes, for example. Um, you see that when they have a simple game plan and the kind of aura of them being there fades and the aura of the kind of project, um, it, it, it slowly fades away and it loses faith. I mean, we saw it with... Dele Alley in the Spurs documentary is so we're just knocking it long and defending and that's kind of the point. The players just get tired of that, that no player wants to play that type of football. They want to win. But I'm yet to see that football pay off past twenty ten for for like a trophy winning side. Bar bar Atletico when they won La Liga. But even they're a different side now. So it just doesn't make much sense to me. Um, Cal, quick on on Spurs. Um, who would want to be a Spurs fan right now? <laughs> Bloody no one. <laughs> it's just because I think it brings us back to like um, I think with our last podcast when we was talking about Leeds and I think it was Crystal Palace. It was would you rather watch good football but be lose but but finish fifteenth or play ugly football and finish tenth? And I think I think like that week I said I'd rather watch ugly football than be winning. But for ugly football to work, you have to be winning. And I think Jose Mourinho is trying to play ugly football, and he's not winning. So I really wouldn't want to, you know I really wouldn't want to be the Spurs supporter at the moment, just because and they're not getting results and the football they're watching is just. And, and like Jose, Jose isn't changing his mind. He's evidently a very stubborn manager. Um, 
I think the big and thing is when um, sorry that's his downfall. Yeah, that's his downfall. Whereas uh, obviously maybe uh, um, when he when he'd uh, done really well at uh, Chelsea and he's probably his, not not his yeah his first spell uh, when he'd done really well then is I guess stubborn sticking with the same thing can sometimes work. But when there's trends of things not working, not not just say being unlucky in a game, but is there specific trends in games of things not working? Of them not getting forward enough, um, or just or them being too reliant on a certain system, um, it's just it's just never going to work. And I feel like it's that sort of football is um, unless you have the players and you have everyone on board with the mindset of we are going to play this football, then it's not going to work. Even one player could uh, could ruin that atmosphere. Just think, oh, if he's not there, and then they'd second guess it. Because they'd, they'd see another player and they think about it more, so I, I just I, I don't see um, yeah no one will want to be a Spurs fan at the moment, and I don't see them improving too much, and I I struggle to see them getting uh, near Champions League again. Yeah, the the but last point they'll be in the, um, I feel like they'll be uh, Europa League uh, or yeah Europa League qualifiers, same as last season. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the the last point to be made is when you're playing bad football, patience runs out quite quickly on results. Whereas if there's a commitment to trying to get the best out of some players and there's clear plans in place, it's quite easier to support a manager. I, th- I, th- I think Spurs are relying on individual excellence and when it's clear Bale's not going to provide that for Spurs... Um, that line's been short of a, nothing short of a disaster so far. Then it, it, it's very difficult because Son, as I mentioned, is streaky and quite a simple footballer, and Harry Kane has ankles made of play-doh. Um, and and that's no insult to Harry Kane, but it, it, it's very hard to you know rely on individual excellence and then not have any. Um, so yeah. Stressful times at Spurs in a minute. To football we don't enjoy, to football we do enjoy. Um, Neymar has turned 29 today. Um, I'm going to yeah, surprise. I can, I, can, I can believe that when I saw it. <laughs> I d- yeah, I, th- I think most people are the same in terms of he's 29, and I think most people kind of just sighed and said the same thing wasted career it feels like really um i don't know where you two fall on it but neymar's a joy to watch when when he's on it um many think he should have stayed at barcelona that ms msn trio will go down in 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 history um and and i feel for me he's the real brazilian star boy that kind of lived up to the to their hype but it, it it you can't help but feel it feels like a wasted career. He's now signed a new. Co- he's about to sign a new contract at PSG, um, a five-year contract. So by the time he's probably able to leave, because Barcelona certainly aren't getting him for any money with the debt they're in, um, he'll be 34. Um, where where do we fall on Neymar? He causes controversy. Obviously, a wonderful footballer, but. There's obviously a debate if he's um, ever lived up to what he he can offer. Yeah, like I don't really know because 
you look back at it and you think, wow, he's had such a good career. And then you look at his age and you think, given his ability, you should really be expecting better than uh, what he's got. And I'm uh, pretty much repeating what you've said. But I yeah, think but remember, remember what Neymar's won at Barcelona, though. Oh, yeah. Not, oh, yeah, not like, denying that. But um, I feel like going to PSG... I'm not. I don't want to. Say, I don't want to sound like a knob here, but I guess it was. It's, it sounds a bit like the uh, the easy road. It's it's a team that he didn't need to join. If he doesn't join them, they're going to sign someone else, and they're going to smash every. They're going to smash the league anyway. Um, I think something now always hold Neymar back is his world stage performances. Obviously, Brazil have never lived up to what they have. I mean. Just going to go through through the stats. Santos, 102 appearances, 54 goals. Barcelona, 123 appearances, 68 goals. PSG, 62 appearances, 53 goals. Brazil, 103 appearances, 64 goals. Those are, you know, not Messi-Ronaldo numbers, but we're talking like one of the greatest footballers of our generation, whereas... If, if I was told to name, for example, the top five players of a generation, Neymar's far from the first one that pops into my head. And it always felt he could leave more of an impact. But... Yeah. but I don't doubt he's like an insane footballer and he has had a... Um, he's, he's, he's had a, quite a good career. Obviously, you see what he did at Barcelona. Um... Why does it always feel like could have done more? Because obviously yeah. his goal record is insane. I don't, um, it's a question I'm struggling with as well, so I'm forcing it on you two. Why does it always feel like ah, Neymar could have done more? As, as I said, I think because PSG are a team that would have near, would have near enough smashed the league anyway. Um, uh, did nearly win the Champions League. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, that that that's fair enough. Uh, he, did, he didn't didn't has he won the Champions League with Barcelona? I'm pretty, pretty sure he, he did win it with Barcelona. He scored yeah. in the final, twenty thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Twenty fourteen, possibly. Yeah, twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Munich twenty thirteen. Yes, yes. Um, I th- yeah, it's, it's just, I'm not denying what like uh, what competition he's going to. I'm talking about just the league itself, I guess. I don't want to sound like one of those people that will say, "Oh, Messi's never he's never proven it in a different league, so he's worse." No, he clearly isn't. Um, but it's I don't know. It's like you wouldn't see Neymar as as a player that would say if he was in a poor team, you wouldn't see him dragging them through. You'd see him maybe. I don't, I don't want to. I don't really want. As I, as I said again, I don't want to sound like a knob again. But he feels like one that would lose his head, and he, he wouldn't be the great. He wouldn't be a great leader. I, I don't think. And um, I think that's. He's not really led Brazil to anything. Obviously, it's in, it's insane numbers, but um, he's not someone that can carry a team through a game. Um, and you feel he's a luxury player. What do you mean? Um, as in, he's kind of a luxury to have on a pitch. He won't have too much of an impact, but you'll turn around and he'll score three. Not so much lazy. Um, 
who I was going to call a luxury player, Red Mares. Doesn't yep. have too much of an impact on a game. You go, oh, like some would accuse him of being lazy to use a, a League 2 example, Marcus Madison, who's a Stevenage example, Ben Kennedy. I know these people won't all know who they are, but still, you, you kind of get the question I'm asking. Um, Cal, thoughts on Neymar? Could he have done more? Um, talking like he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? But I, I, I think the only thing that's missing for him is a World Cup with Brazil. I get, I, I do get, you know, sort of the, you know, the big money move to a, you know, PSG because you know that's football. That's football these days. You know, he obviously didn't go because he adored the club's history, but. It's he's it's still you know it's, it's not always been easy in the French league for him as well. I mean, he's probably won it every single year. Please fact check me on that if I'm wrong. But he still has the quality. Yeah, to, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I'll, I think that he's one that won't last to like say what Ronaldo and Messi are doing. I no 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 definitely be no. proved wrong. But I think but I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a wasted career because he hasn't just gone off to like some to just you know some European club. No, not European. No. Sorry, he's, he not, he's gone not off gone back to South America or something. Or, 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 or he hasn't just gone off to China. Or, or he just hasn't gone off to China for a massive payday. Like yeah. he's actually he's like PSG. They're still quite. They're still got a like you know. Constantly up there, you know the champions. Yeah, they are. They are still an elite team, and I don't think. And he's, 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 yeah, he's not. He's still an elite team, and I, th- I was at the time, obviously, when he did go to PSG, I thought, you know, oh, he's going for the money, he's wasting his career, but looking back at it, I, I don't, I don't agree with what I said all them years ago, because you know, it's he, he went to a. a a club who are always still trying to compete at the, to be the best, and even even though that obviously you know he hasn't achieved that in Europe with PSG, as I said, his whole career he's still achieved you know major silverware. won the Spanish league, he's won the Champions League still with Barcelona, the French league as well. So I don't think I don't I wouldn't say it's a wasted career. Maybe done more. If you get if you if you get what I mean, maybe yeah. I think that's everyone's attitude towards it, really. Like I, I we don't, don't really I, I don't know what too much wasted. that's missing, but at the, at the same time, we don't we don't know. Yeah, we don't know what too much is missing, but it just something feels like it does. You know, it just doesn't just doesn't feel right that he's getting on a bit. I, I guess you also have to consider what, what what age did he sign for Barcelona? He was uh, so he didn't he didn't exactly have. He didn't start too early. Uh, it's not like he got on the stage, got on the uh, main main stage uh, too early in his career. And I think a player like him was always going to have a uh, relatively short like career at the top. If that makes sense. Obviously, I'd say compared to some players, obviously like like ten years. It's still a lot. It's still insane. Um, but a player like him, I guess. Yeah, like. Well, as Reese said, it's a luxury player um, who will 
uh, it will be well, it will be world class for about yeah, about six, seven going well, the whole six, seven years or however long um, he has been playing uh, from Barcelona uh, to to yeah. Barcelona and PSG, and then he just and then he'd like he would fizzle out a bit because do do I don't he... think sorry he's the he's I don't think he had said I don't think he's a player that will last to 33, 34 and outputting similar numbers that he has been now. Obviously, you'll see, um, obviously, he's he's still very good. Uh, he'll still be very good. He'll still have the technical attributes, but um, I just don't see him lasting too much longer, if that makes any sense. Yeah, this is, this, is kind of, this is kind of his peak, peak, really. I think, is he possibly caught in the wrong era? I think we're in a very goals assist based era now in terms of play that's what players are judged on whereas previously you you had so many players that didn't actually get that many goals and assists um but got high high like regard i know obviously it's a silly example given he did score quite a lot of goals but someone like ronaldinho him and neymar obviously got compared um would Neymar have been judged differently in 1998. Yes, I think he would have. I think he he'd be treated differently. Um, and it's kind of that Bruno Fernandez, Kevin De Bruyne debate, isn't it? Okay, they both provide output. Um, De Bruyne still provides a lot of output, but the um, more aesthetically ple- pleasing player for everyone is Kevin De Bruyne, but Bruno makes something happen every single week, apart from no, when I need him to. Yeah, so except when I triple captained him against fucking Sheffield United. Yeah. Yeah, apart from when I need him on my FPL to step up, but into I think Neymar's kind of fallen in that in that trap of right player, wrong time in terms of he's in such a work a world where you're judged on. I win in things, which he's won a lot, but in terms of goals like and assists and stuff yeah. like that, and your output, and therefore I I don't think we fully appreciated him as a footballer. If you haven't already, please, when he's not with his sister, please go and watch a PSG game and what just watch Neymar, just look at Neymar, and it is honestly unbelievable to watch but it does it i think the point we can all make on neymar is is just it was never enough and i don't think when we look back at this era in 20 years time we'll go remember neymar i, I, I just don't think that will happen and, and and it's a shame really given how talented he he actually is do you... I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying he's any better. But you'd you'd remember uh, Hazard more than you would Neymar. You? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I'm not saying he's better. I'd I'd say obviously Neymar is better and was better. Um, no, never. Pure ability. Pure ability. I'm not. I'm not talking effect on a side or whatever. I'm talking pure ability on its own. I would say. I know you've got the. Uh, there is a Chelsea bias there, but. Um, no, I, I don't blame you for it, but I'd say pure. No, pure. I, I, I was just taking the piss. No, I agree. With you. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, your point's perfectly valid. Yeah, Neymar would always be known for... Like, uh, I don't even know. I don't know the right word, but uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, he will be. Yeah, that too. But he will always be known for his uh, obviously flicks and tricks and um, just the special things he does. But he he were. But if you're thinking about a player who leaves more of an impact on football itself, you'd look back and you'd think Hazard, wouldn't you? It's, it's why Mbappe, but you've got to remember Hazard's gone seasons where he's produced very low numbers, so I think that's a tiny bit unfair, but I get your point in general in terms of when you think of PSG, you think of Mbappe before you do Neymar, and that's quite weird considering aesthetically, there's no doubt that Neymar's the better footballer, Mbappe's <laughs> Mbappe's very 2020, 2021 in terms of Goals, assists, fast, strong, direct, and and this kind of footballer. So it is a shame with Neymar. Very good to actually discuss discuss that because he doesn't actually get as much coverage as I think he should. Um, boys, there's the matter of um, a small game tomorrow. Man City, Liverpool. Um, this is nine times out of ten quite the spectacle. Um, is this a title definer? I. Ooh. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'll, 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 I'll say yeah. Yeah, I'll say yeah. In, um, in... I wouldn't say it's a title definer in its own because obviously I know United are um, on the. It, it, it will certainly. But United are still about. I think it decides Liverpool's title race. I don't think it decides the title race in general. It decides whether they are going to be challenges or not. Because obviously, them losing against uh, Brighton. What? And... So, you, so, you, so you think it's a must win for Liverpool? I, I think it's a must. You get a result, have to get a result, and it, uh, it has to get a result. Simple as. Uh, I think. It, I think that's. A game that decides their season, or uh, like decides whether they are going to be battling with the top sides or not. Obviously, ever most teams have been dropping, uh, dropping points against uh, the lower sides, uh, like Brighton against uh, Liverpool, for example, and obviously Burnley as well. And you know, I've shown today they are like obviously they're not at Man City's level, but so I do still think it's uh, City's to lose. Um, yeah, definitely. I can, I can but, agree. Uh, but obviously, you know, I have been grinding out results. I know obviously they lost against Sheffield United, but have been grinding out results with a, a player like um, Bruno Fernandes, who's just that he's just so effective. Um, and dare I dare I mention McTominay, who's been very he's been very very important for them lately. Um, just just scored another goal for them actually to put them ahead. Um, the week I take him out, he's done big. <laughs> I think the thing with United, you mentioned United have game winners right now, and right now, obviously Salah and Mane. I don't see Liverpool's game winners. Like who's going to come in clutch and get them that one nil? And when Man United played Liverpool, you went, well, Rashford could nick a goal in the break. Oh, Pogba's playing well at the minute. Um, Oh, Cavani, he's dangerous. And you looked at all these players and went, 
yeah, they're going to have a game. I don't look at this game and think City have approached it differently. Maybe to Salah, but I don't think City are as scared as they have been before. Like, before Pep has, I don't quite like the phrase, but perhaps overthought in terms of putting Zinchenko at left-back before, and he's made weird decisions. Some paid off, obviously, in, in, in possibly the greatest football match I've ever watched when they beat... Um, when they beat Liverpool 2-1, but then you look at the Champions League games, you look at some of the league games, and Klopp got the better of him because Pep kind of overthought these situations. I don't think City have to do that right now. City are the ones to beat. Liverpool kind of... Yes, all the pressure's on Klopp. Basically. Yeah, Liverpool, Liverpool collapsed under the kind of be, um, the being hunted... Being yeah, Whereas City, City and Guardiola especially are used to that. All those players are used to that. So and they've just played their game, really, haven't they? They haven't. I get at the beginning of the season there was a little bit of. Um, I'd imagine there would be a little bit of pressure on. Oh, would they be able to challenge Liverpool uh, again? Will they be able to get back to the top? And obviously they they didn't a little bit. Um, they had that right. Uh, uh, rough spell uh, for first uh, what was it five first five ten games, um, maybe longer than that. Um, and just since then, City have been the the team to beat, and they've just been playing because they've just been playing their football. I think I think Liverpool having the odd off result has benefited City massively because um, they they can see they're seeing oh they're crumbling. All we've got to do is just do our jobs. Play what we're used to doing. Yeah, do what we're used to doing. Play, play off football. Recreate what you do in training. Recreate what you do against, um, like in in the in their wins. Just just to say, yeah, yeah. I know I haven't summed it up well again, but just play no, that you football. Made your point well. No pressure on them. They've got no, okay. yeah, all, the, they've got all the time in the They've got all the um, freedom in the world to just play their football because all the teams around them are obviously crumbling a little bit. I guess they've got more. That City just have more about them than anyone else, and as I said, it's theirs to lose. I think this brings kind of the impossible question: in how do Liverpool go about this? Do they do the typical thing of sitting back and trying to hit on the break? Do they go there and dominate and try get caught on the counter? Because you look at the potential sides City could play. I don't see many weaknesses. How do Liverpool? get to City, I mean, a, a large part of it for me is I'd actually play Salah up top, however that may happen. I think we saw it last Liverpool City game, um, Klopp played a 4-2-2, um, and, and that really confused City, I think. Um, but I, I think Salah, because of his movement... Um, I think you've got to occupy Diaz in terms of how he defends. I think that might be for Mino's job. And then you've got to kind of separate the space um, for potential counters. So for me, that's what I would do. But how how do Liverpool go about winning this football match? I, I, I don't even know. Maybe even... 
I'd say maybe look back to last season, not the City away, because that was horrendous. Uh, and they're probably all still, still hung over. Um, but just look back to the games, because obviously the, the team is almost no different. It's, it's almost no different. You've still got the same core of players throughout. Look back at the games that where they've dominated them. So look back to the Champions League games, for example. Look back to those and think, and just play. This, I don't know. It'll probably be really annoying hearing me say this again, but play their football, play their game, instead of thinking, "Oh, we have to win this." It's just do it. Just just do what you're paid to do, and just do simple it. as that. And that's, that's, that's how I see it, really. Cal on on Liverpool. I know we kind of covered it last pod, but they're still in around. They lost again. I know he said kind of wait till it clicks, but it doesn't appear to be clicking. Um, yeah. What on earth do Liverpool do? Well, I think. Well, I do. I do understand that I think that their you know their injury concerns obviously do have you know a part to play in it. You know, obviously the biggest name that's out for them, Van Dyke, I think that's the main issue that they have because obviously Van Dyke the the role he plays and the 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 figure that he is in that in the, the team, you know, he's he's definitely, you know, a commander. And I don't I think that's what they're sort of the Liverpool defence are sort of missing at the moment. Somebody you know who knows how to command. Somebody who you know also can set. Sorry, one second. Can show by example as well. And I think that is something that Liverpool are definitely missing. I think also just their striker options. I think they've. I don't want to say they've lost their magic. Because that just seems like a like a lazy way. Yeah, because you you saw, you saw them the other week against uh, was it West Ham? Yeah. Some of the football they were putting together was unbelievable. Yeah, and that that was that was a flash of what Liverpool can do and what Liverpool are. But so I still I still think I still that. think it could be a form you know still a form thing as well. I still think that you know if if they, if they do get it back again, you know. I do, th- I do still think that that front three, Mane, Firmino, and Salah, I do think that they can still perform to what they have before. But I think, yeah, it's just literally at the moment it's a case of they're not, they're just not in form at the moment, and I think Klopp's not really helping it because you know Klopp's always whining and making excuses when I think he's what he should be doing instead is he should be trying to motivate the players to be, be better. Tough love, Tom. Of, yeah, instead of giving them excuses for poor performances. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I do get that, but I've, I've seen a little bit recently what Liverpool themselves have been posting about players, and I think Klopp said it's just not good enough. So I think the hammer is starting to come down. Yeah, and should have come it, down it, a long time before now. Oh probably. yeah, it, it should have come down what six weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> less than that. Maybe maybe even more than that. Or do you think that's when they, what? Remember they had a slight dip in form. Obviously, you don't want to straight yeah, away. Like, you don't yeah. let standards slip. I think that's 
Um, that's what I've like always been taught when um, when I've been coached. You, you don't let that standard slip, no matter what what form you're in. Because um, uh, I think Klopp couldn't have been happy when they lost. Uh, what was it? Four? What was it four five one to City? The, the game after they won the title. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. They would. He would not. He would have been fuming with that. And as the manager. I would have been obviously in the back of my mind is okay, won the league, but as a manager, you don't want to carry the mindset of oh, we're champions, we can go into the next, we can go into next season thinking we're Billy Big Bollocks, and obviously, and then just get um, toyed around with by the likes of Burnley and Brighton. I I think um, what come to mind when you said that was that Lampard Klopp video on the touchline. You've won mm-hmm. one title and you're giving it the big gun, yeah. and and. Yeah. Quite possibly, Lampard had a point. Um, just quickly from the both of you, Man City, look, are for me, going to win the title fairly easily, although I think Man United will run them for a while. You two, Man City look destined, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, I can agree. Yeah, definitely. I think they definitely look on course for another title. Levels. I don't. I don't know because with United, they're not. They're still sort of slipping up at the moment. And Man City, they're just they're in that mode where they're just unstoppable. And, yeah, you know, I, I obviously I don't expect it, them to be every single game smashing everyone. Of course, I feel they're going to slip up, but I don't see Man City. This is their title to lose. I think. Okay, that's the news. And down on to the final bits of of the show. It is time for rapid rankings. This is the part of the show where we have a topic. We choose an opinion each on that topic. And then we rank them in order of uh, belief that that needs to happen. Or that transfer, etc, etc. Um, this week's topic was our controversial England squads and lineup picks. Um, I'll lead with Dan because I know he's got a few points on this one. Well, uh, this is uh, more of the reason why I didn't have a a hot take at the start is that mine kind of um, mixed together with this. That Jordan Pickford, I know, obviously he's not he's not been starting, he's not been playing too much for Everton recently, and everyone knows how like dodgy he's been. but I still think until he um, brings that form to a uh, to it to England or to an England game or an international tournament or just in, on an international level, until he takes that form, until and yeah, until he starts messing up and like being a terrible goalkeeper, as a lot of people are saying, which I still don't think he is. Obviously, I know he's a bit erratic, but most people, most keepers are and coming from one myself I, I i i see a lot of myself in him if that were like, oh, that's an insult and a compliment in some ways but um <laughs> so like he'll make the world-class saves and do the easy stuff wrong um but i'm still yet to see a poor performance from him in an england shirt and i think i asked race earlier i said name me one game it just one just what or just even one moment where jordan pickford has made that sort of error or played poorly for England. And I think you sat there for about a couple of minutes and couldn't think of a thing. Um, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting debate in terms of 
do drop them because they're in poor form for the club because that's why they get called up but equally he hasn't let us down yet so it, it, it's a difficult one for, for me I side with you just f for the purposes of momentum and confidence which are like two of the biggest things in football especially tournament football Cal where do you fall on Pickford? Pickford well to be fair I, it's generally I I agree because I I think when when you look at um, Pickford for Everton, well, this is me anyway. When I look at Pickford when he plays for Everton, I'm like, how on earth is he? Has he got the number one shirt for the international team? And then when he plays for England, I'm like, why can't he do this for his club? Yes, like, but, yeah, it's yeah, really confusing, and I just. I, I don't get it. It's just really confusing, like how one one hand he can be, you know, he can be pro probably a you know, like world class quality. I guess edging on it. If you don't make mistakes and you do everything yeah. that's asked of you, then the argument can be made. But obviously, only that 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 level. But yeah. uh, I guess you. I guess anyone needs to be at that level. Where I am. No, if you're an international player, then you need to be. Sort of goalkeeper is a difficult position anyway. Never mind in tournament football where one goal changes everything. Think uh, Joe Hart Euro 2012. I know we like to erase 2012 from our minds, so it, it's an interesting call, definitely. Uh, Cal, what's your controversial England squad pick or lineup pick? England squad pick. Right. Um, who, who you'd think that would go in, but not for most people. Because I, I would, I would choose Greenish. In the lineup. Yeah. Just because you know how as how a winger. Yeah. Okay. I, I'll, you know, I'll somewhat count that as controversial. Just about. But go on. No, I love Grealish um, as a left back, and you know, I love it. No, Southgate <laughs> loves the right backs. He might play him right back. Yeah, I'll play him right back. Yeah, great yeah, nice thing. But no, I do, I do, I do think that you know, it's you know, Grealish. He 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 has he's been given his he's been given his first England caps way too late. I mean, like, yeah, it should have been earlier, shouldn't it? I think. The main thing, I said it last week, most international sides would base their side around Jack Grealish. He's that good. And every time we've watched him in an England shirt, everyone's stepped back and gone, wow. Even against Belgium, who are currently top of the world rankings. Um, so, yeah, he had certain flair to the England side it didn't have before because the midfields of Dyer, Henderson, Phillips and Rice can get pretty ordinary. Um See, I'd like to put him in the midfield, but I don't think you can because of how much he's played on the wing. Um, Dan, where do you fall on Grealish? Well, I, I think that's a pretty uh, regular pick for most, to be fair. Um, I think maybe, not, maybe, not, because of... maybe not everyone would have him start. Um which I, I can I can see I can see I can understand arguments for and against. Um but um, I'm I'm not too sure, really. Um, I'm not too sure whether I'd uh, start him or not. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. I'm not too sure who, who, whether I would start him or not. I guess it depends on the game, whether it's a defence you uh, run at or exploit the exploit the fullbacks or just someone where you just need a player like uh, Grealish to make, just make a difference, just to be that something else. Um, obviously, maybe against. Uh, maybe against higher quality opposition, you'd probably play him, I'd say. And lower quality opposition, you'd stick with um, wingers slash inside forwards. Um, uh, like the or, or different, more, more, more traditional. Uh, so you'd, you'd, start, you'd start your Sancho's, your Sterling's, your Rashford's. Um, even, even even Foden, maybe. But I see he'd, he'd make more of a difference. Um, uh against a higher quality team because he's 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 just his technical ability is just incredible and I think that would just set him apart from the uh, other wingers that are, that are available to them it's a fair shout so that's Pickford starts Grealish starts um, quickly on on England um, DCL has just scored a 95th minute equaliser against United at Old Trafford um <laughs> Um, I mean, I have two. I'm going to say two, but I'm going to explain one. Um, my first one actually goes to Chris Smalling. Um, obviously, I doubt Southgate's watching much Syria, but he's been very, very good for Roma. He's been crucial. And I felt he was always... I think he was always memed when it wasn't necessary, and I think he's a good balance of centre-back, which I don't think we have. The one I'm going to explain is I take Patrick Bamford to the Euros. Um, I can hear... I can I can Sorry. Um, I can hear the laughter now, but in terms of link-up play, and this is this is proven because Leeds how Leeds play you're not going to find anyone better than Patrick Bamford um, he's improved his output he works as hard as anyone due to having to because he works under Bielsa I think yeah, he's, he's got a few more assists lately as well so he seems to have added that to his game he fits with flair as we've seen he works with not long ball but a bit more direct we've seen a variation of styles and He's in form as he has been this whole season. So for, for me, Bamford goes to the Euros. Cal, I interrupted you, so I'll let you um, take. No, that no, I know. I was. It was. I was. I was just. I, I actually agree with you on the Bamford. We all agree with each other. What a weird time to be alive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 yeah, but who do you do you take him over anyone or like who do you Tammy. take him over? That's the question. Uh, Tammy for me. I think Tammy's a rather direct striker and we'd have to change how we... For example, you know these games England play, like the one against Wales, where we just completely change our style. We go 3-5-2, Saka, you know, left wing back, etc. And I know we won, um, but it was completely different. Calvert-Lewin was this kind of target man and Tammy plays them sort of games, and, and for me to win tournaments, you go through 
one style that just works and, and for me Bamford suits England more right now than Tammy does and does Tammy deserve it? <laughs> Not particularly for me. Um I take Kane, I take Calvert Lewin, yeah. I take Bamford, I I take Ollie Watkins, which is another controversial one, but the one I'm sticking with is Bamford. Yeah, like Oli Watkins might be, uh, I, I don't know, maybe... Uh, I'm not too sure with that, um, with that actually. It's a, it's a good point, because Oli Watkins, you'd argue, has adapted much quicker than um, uh, Bamford has. And you'd say, imagine how, how well he could adapt to international football, because he didn't take long to hit the, well, he hit the ground running with, um, uh, with uh, when the Premier League. He's, he's, he's the quickest he's got to 10 goals in a season. Like obviously in his career, for at different levels. I think it uh, when he was in when he was in League Two, it took him 30, 32 games. Um, he was in the Championship. I think it took him thirty games. I think it was. Uh, it was around that. It might have been thirty-five games. I'm not too sure. Uh, and in the Premier League, he's done it in twenty-three. I think is. Those are rough numbers, but because uh, I saw uh, tweet yes, earlier. Yeah, yeah, I saw the tweet. It's around that. And he's obviously, he, he does get pick up the odd assist as well. So, Yeah, it, it, England's striker situation is a lot better than it was a year or two ago. Um, I have a feeling I'm going to be last in these rankings, but I'll happily take that one on the chin, given your your two opinions. It's just between... You two, which one do you feel is more crucial to um, England? Which one do we feel more passionate on? Whether Grealish starts or whether Pickford starts? I mean, personally, I'm saying Grealish because that's 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 my choice. Uh, well, I guess because we've all, we've already got Pope in there, so I guess we've got backups. Um, but obviously, Grealish just brings something different. So if I was to and obviously, I know they're very different players, but if I'll say one more important than the other, I'd say um, that having Grealish in is obviously a more important one than Pickford. Although this is more in terms of the lineup, so Grealish starts for England, Pickford starts for England. I assume was your two kind of opinions. Oh, oh yeah, um, yeah. I said always Grealish depends on the game. Um, but Pickford, obviously, just every game he's got to start. I know it's, I know it seems a bit unfair on Nick Pope because uh, he's been insane, and um, uh, is uh, I'm not leaving him out due to any sort of any ability or form. It's just purely the fact that um, how well Jordan Pickford's done internationally. So yeah, he starts and Grealish. I'll agree, uh, but not in every game. Only in certain games where he suits him. Out, out of those two, for, for me, and I agree with them both, by the way. So, Gareth, I know you're a big fan of us, so I think you should do all three of the things we said. But, yeah, if I was to choose only one of those, due to the form Nick Pope's been in, I side more with Callum, because, as I said, I think most international sides base their whole team around Jack Grealish, because he's that good a creator. Um, direct and flair wise so that's in third Bamford to the Euros second Pickford to start and first is Jack Grealish to start 
and that is the rapid rankings everyone wasn't very rapid but still <laughs> um, that actually nothing, nothing we do here is very rapid is it no we have no. too many opinions i've definitely never been told that before <laughs> um that does bring an end to the after hours news show um thank you very much to everyone for listening dan and cal have you enjoyed this no, I've hated every second of it. I want to go to sleep now and cry. Oh well, I, well, I look, I, I look forward to your company next week. Same time next week. Yeah. I am um, no, I've, I've felt good about it, and you know, I all of you listening right now, if you've made it this far, you know, I hope I, I hope you're okay from having to listen to um, Mr. Reese Donnelly for about an hour and a bit. But I do, I do, I do hope that you know you continue to enjoy these episodes, and I do hope you join us next time. Yes, the yeah. other the other shows will be coming soon. The final show, the question show, and a few other little things we've got planned. Um, Daniel's yeah. about to say something. I, I don't really know. It's it's at the end. I've done a lot of talking. My brain's all over the place. I think it's a good time to call it. <laughs> thank you very much for listening everyone this has been the after hours new show on the specialists in failure podcast and now we're going to go play rocket league thank you for listening <laughs>